uh, topic, which is soil testing, one of the tools that we use to gauge uh, what available in the soil in terms of nutrients. And we adjust a recommendation, especially for uh, immobile nutrients such as uh, potassium, uh, zinc, and, and phosphorus. So we have uh, Dr. Franta Mice. He's recently joined uh, LSU Ag Center as the director of the soil testing and plant analysis lab. So he's going to share some of the things that he's excited about leading the group. Yes, you know, good morning, everybody. I don't know how well I show my excitement, but I am pretty excited. <laughs> so uh, I'll start with telling you, these are my best friends. I don't know what it says about me as a person, okay? But these are my two best friends, and these should be your two best friends. I wanted to let you know that whatever you will, and if you can please distribute those boxes and the coupon. If you are a farmer or interested, I have a limited number of coupons for free analysis of samples and also uh, some containers that you can use to send these in. Okay, thank you, Brenda. So why I emphasize these tools? Because our results are only as good as is the sample that you will send in, okay? so you have a choice of properly sampling your field to obtain the background level of the soil available nutrients and in order to do that you have to go around your sampling unit so in this case if we are interested in this field we would say with some certainty we could sample this field as one unit because it's in the same topography and we don't have any difference in management okay those are two big things if you live somewhere further away from here where, where there's a change in topography you have to pay attention to it you cannot sample locations that are at higher levels together with the lower level locations okay and also the management had we had for example this part of the field in soybeans over the summer and the next field to it was fallow we cannot say like ah they are both level let's sample them together okay because this field, as you've heard, will most likely show higher level of extractable nutrients because we had something growing in here, something that retains the nutrients that would that could otherwise be moved through the vertical soil profile. Okay, so proper depth of sampling depends on what you are growing. If you are growing something that roots in a top four inches, then you will sample to four inches. If you are growing something that roots, at least in the beginning, beginning of its growth stages in six inches, you will, you will sample to six inches, okay? So it's up to you. If you want to, you can sample uh, in a number of different depths. You can sample zero to six and six to 12 inches. But because we are trying to get a good idea what is the background value across the entire field, across the entire unit, we have to sample a number of different locations. Our recommendation said, say 10. If you go to higher level, if you sample 12 locations, slightly better. If you get above 15, you won't see much of a change. Okay, why do we sample a number of locations? Even though this field looks the same, soils are incredibly heterogeneous. I had a, I was um, at a conference recently, uh, and there was a gentleman who talked about their experiment. They used a big tractor tire. They cut the surface off, put it on the surface of the soil, and they, they took soil cores coming from one side of the tire to the other. At, in dry soils, they saw like 30% difference in extractable soil values. And this was only in a diameter of a tire, tractor tire. 
So you can imagine in this field, there'll be quite a bit of heterogeneity. So we try to sample a good enough number of locations so we can obtain an average value. Where do we sample? When you are trying to get a good average value, you will never sample where you fertilized. So you will sample right here where I'm standing, if you know you fertilized there. If you actually remove these and level the field, then you can sample all across the field. After you send us the sample, we will analyze it. And in Louisiana, traditionally, we do not analyze for mineral nitrogen in the soil. We can discuss the details as why not. But we will give you an idea as to what are the extractable levels of the other macronutrients, phosphorus, potassium, calcium, magnesium, sulfur, and some micronutrients. We can also run additional tests if you desire so. Okay. And then what you need to know about our tests is they are an estimate of what could be possibly available in the field. Okay? They are not a 100% truth value of what will be available in the field. And this is why we really have to pay close attention to our crops throughout the growing season so we can figure out, do we see any visual signs of deficiencies? Is there something we could correct as the growing season progresses? And with this, I'll um, ask you to uh, give me a lot of easy questions. A lot so I look popular and easy so I can answer them. Okay. Nitrogen is available to plants generally in two forms. One is an ammonium form of nitrogen, which is a chemical formula of NH4+. The other one is nitrate, Na3-. In this part of the world and further north, soils will frequently like every single particle that we take will most likely have a negative charge on it. So if we have a NO3 minus and a negatively charged soil, there'll be a repulsive forces at play. So when it rains, all that nitrate will go whoosh. If it infiltrates, it will move through the soil profile. So the picture wouldn't be accurate, okay? If we would want to provide a meaningful input, we would have to sample at one day and ideally, if there is no rain, provide the result within a one or two days after the sampling so you could implement the results, which would be slightly impractical if you consider that we should let the soil sample dry for at least 24 hours so we can homogenize it and prep it for extractions. So the earliest we could deliver the results would be probably in two days. So the humidity and the amount of rainfall is one of the reasons. And the other reason is historical. You know, a uh, long, long, long time ago when I was uh, younger, nitrogen was a lot cheaper. So we didn't pay as much, much attention to it as we do now. Uh, if you ask me, should we change it? Possibly. But, uh, Speaker said no. So yeah, we could we could we could change it possibly, but uh, I can't change it on the fly. It requires a lot of work for us to determine uh, as to what would be the crab response to the soil test. A lot and a lot of people would have to set up a field trials 
where they grow different crops and see how these different crops respond to different nitrogen fertilization. It would be a lot of work that would take. We would have to look at the entire state of Louisiana. We would have to look at different soils, younger soils, those that are deposited along the where the parent material was deposited along the rivers and those that are at slightly higher elevations, though they are older. So yeah, I mean, it's a great idea for us to do that. But in the meantime, uh, pay attention to your yield, pay attention to the condition of your crops and use, if possible, variable application of nitrogen. But yeah, it would be it would make sense, right? If we already collected the soil sample, why don't we also analyze it for the nitrogen? Yes, uh, I can't agree with you more. Um, are there any other questions? Uh, I have one. Uh, if this was your field and you, with your, what's your professional opinion? Maybe this is 15 or 20 acres. Uh, how would you soil sample this field? So, um, great question. I'm glad you asked. I would select 10 random points, that's a strategy number one, within the field, maybe 12. You have to keep in mind, never start close to any ditch or any communication. So you would have to start maybe 10 feet or so uh, away from any ditches, from edges of your field. And then you can just go randomly through the field and collect your 10, 12, 15 locations, okay, to a depth, for example, six inches. Then you mix it all in one big bucket and send us a pint of sample for analysis. The other approach is, and it's pretty simple now that everybody has a cell phone, you can develop a grid and then you can say like, okay, I'll lay out a regular grid three by four across this field and you can sample the soil at each individual point and then you can mix it all together. Or you can, um, you can basically set up a zigzag pattern. You can go from here, select three points this way. Then you can go that way, three more points, go that way, three more points. There are a number of different strategies that you can select. As long as you sample, as you distribute your sampling points across the field, it should provide roughly the same result. If you do grid soil sampling, it's a little bit more work at the beginning. However, you can then uh, georeference your point, And so you know if you want to send all 12 samples, you know what the extractable levels are across your field, but that increases the cost of the analysis 12 times if it's 12 samples. Yeah, I, I always wish uh, Louisiana would be uh, willing to get inspired. For example, if you live in the state of Arkansas, all the soil testing is free to any residents of the state. It is financed by the surcharge on fertilizer charges. There is a small surcharge, state then collects it and 
they have a huge lab at the University of Arkansas Mariana Lab, and they process roughly 220,000 samples a year. Uh, and a lot of the people who send in the samples, because it's for free, they can afford to grid sample their field. And then they use various statistics to determine as to what the distribution of the extractable levels is. But uh, this is what we have. Most of the states do not have a free soil testing. In most of the states, we rely on a fees collected from our customers. I, only, I know two states have a free soil testing, and it's North Carolina and uh, Arkansas. So we should send our samples to Arkansas and North Carolina. That's, I am really glad you asked that. Okay? No. And here is why, when I was answering the question about the nitrogen trials, I said that we would have to, in order for us to get usable data, we would have to conduct trials all over the state of the, of the Louisiana, right? People in Arkansas do the same thing. That means that the recommendations that are developed within the state are state-specific. And in uh, Louisiana, we uh, have an additional level of complexity for potassium fertilization. We frequently base that on the soil texture, you know, how coarse or how fine the soil is. So uh, yes, you can send it there. Uh, they may be using the same extraction method, which is a different question altogether. But then the recommendations may be different because they were developed by different set of people in different state. Saying that there is a huge group of people all across the southeastern region. It was started by a group called Sera6, and now it's spreading nationwide, where uh, there is a group of scientists. It's supported by USDA grant. They collect all the data from all the trials that were ever conducted in the US, and they try to come up with recommendations that wouldn't be state-specific, OK? Because sometimes it doesn't make sense. You cross the Texas-Louisiana uh, line, and the recommendations are different when you cannot expect that much difference in a soil in a distance of a couple miles. We inherited a lot of this from uh, mid to late 20th century, and so we try to refine on it by joining all these trials together and coming up with one tool. It's called first uh, tool, and this should um, then describe the rates based on uh, without without the without paying attention to any geopolitical boundaries. Any other question?